happy Tuesday, guys, and uh, and Merry Christmas past and uh, coming New Year thing stuff and all that stuff. Uh, welcome back. I'm excited to have you back. This is the first long-form show we've done in a little bit. There's going to be a couple changes. Obviously, this week was a little off because not only the holidays, but then the Batman trailer dropped yesterday. I put up a review of Cobra Kai. So I said, you know, we're going to start getting into a new schedule in 2022 anyway, so let's just mess around a little bit this week. So that's why dropping big thing today. Tomorrow is going to be Sith Council, but it's going to be me. I'm a lonesome with a full-on spoiler review of Boba Fett which drops tonight, 1201 or Wednesday, if you want to be technical. Uh, Thursday will be Big Thing, solo review, solo episode of myself, followed by Friday, Big Thing, solo by myself, until we kind of kick into the new year. But today, you got a lot to talk about, man, whether it is that Batman trailer, Cobra Kai, um, some of the other things I've been watching. Don't worry, no spoilers on Cobra Kai. I'm going to wait until everybody watches, so I want to make sure that everybody's, uh, you know, uh, it, it caught up before we start doing that, but I will go over some of the stuff that I watched. I watched Sing 2, watched Encanto with the kids, um, and um, there's going to be a lot of news. There's oh, a lot of news in general. I mean, this obviously, you saw the title of the video. Spider-Man hit a billion. We had a full episode wondering if it was going to do it. It did it without even China. So what does that mean for the future of the box office? We're going to talk about it. And I'm excited, not only because of this, he needs some milk. I started figuring out some new sound bites. That was a little loud for people who are driving. We're thrown off by that. Uh, I apologize, so I'll ask you this. Which is a little bit better of a, uh, you know, a, a volume. But that's not why you're here. You're here to listen to me talk about some of this news. That's what we're going to do. Let's get into it. It's the big thing. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It is the big thing. Hey, everybody out there, brand new to this channel, been around since we started really pushing. Thank you so much. We crossed over 30,000. We're approaching 31. I'm thinking December 31st, 31 for 31. Can we do that? That'd be great. But I got to tell you, I'm, I am humbled by the amount of support that you have given me starting this channel. And it's funny because I was talking to somebody about it recently and the Schmoes No channel, which I'm grateful for and is the whole reason we're able to do this today and the reason it got me any positions, whether it was on Fandango or Collider, helped me build the, uh, it, 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 have a career in the space. So I'm thankful to Mark Ellis and everybody else that was a, a part of that that run on Schmoes. Um, but, and, and Mark and I were talking about it the other day too. It took us probably around three and a half years to get to 25K. So to be able to hit 30K in four months, because if you look at this channel, this, it was, it was, this YouTube channel was created as a, um, as a SEN Clips channel originally. And then it became a Movie Trivia Schmodown Clips channel. And then we put uh, SEN Live on us. It was just kind of real estate that was open. And when the idea started to come about how we just kind of get back into pop culture and me doing reviews and reactions and things of that nature, I, I think the first thing I really put up here when we started to move it as a channel was the CM Punk interview. But I didn't start doing trailer reactions to around three and a half months ago. So really putting a heavy push on trying to build out the audience, show people um, what I'm doing over here. It's been about three and a half months. So to get to th just around 30K in three and a half months, 
it's it, I'm uh, I'm I'm proud of that accomplishment. I, I won't lie, and I'm I'm happy that, and I definitely didn't do it alone. Having people like uh, Coy and Winston on to do these rewatches, Steph Sabron, Mike for Sith Council, Brett, um, any guests that I have, others Roxy, Makuga, Riley, uh, anybody that, that that has come in here to help me out while we're doing these things um, has been instrumental to all of it. So I thank you, but you guys are the most instrumental. That's why I've been so adamant. People have been saying, you know, you don't have to, people have been saying that are close to me. It's good that you respond to the comments, but you don't have to respond to all of them. And I said, well, I don't know. I feel like I do. And I know that realistically, as it grows, it's going to be harder for me to do, but I'm trying. I'm trying. It takes me sometimes a couple of days to do it, but I've been trying to do it. I have great conversations and, and there was a question that somebody asked me on my Facebook page yesterday about how you deal with kind of negativity. I'm happy to say at this point, there hasn't been a lot of negativity on it. I mean, and I, what I explained to this particular guy who was asking was it, there, there are negative thoughts and negative things that people can say. Like, for example, there was a guy on the, the Matrix spoiler review with something like, oh, man, you think this is better than the second movie? Yikes. And I said, oh, the dreaded yikes comment. Well, I'm sorry you felt that way, blah, blah, blah. You respond to the guy respectfully and have a conversation with the person, but you don't, and a negative side of it, he wasn't really being hateful. He just is saying he didn't like the take, and that's fair. It's hateful comments and things like that. I don't even acknowledge it anymore. I used to, stupidly, as a, as a younger person, I would, whether I thought it was funny, because I was, remember, I came from the stand-up comedy world when being at the comedy store at whatever time it was and whatever, and having like a fun rant where there was yelling and, and that kind of thing in the audience would be funny. And sometimes it played well on schmoes, but it's also very exhausting. And other times it doesn't play well with people who don't understand your humor and don't understand you in general, um, can rightfully perceive that as something um, something else. So I said to myself, and plus the fact, that I've, as I've mentioned many times on this, I don't need to go over it again, but uh, I have been through many things emotionally over the last couple of uh, years that mentally didn't fare well on me and I had to acknowledge that and 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 be able to look at that and say well wait a minute this is a this is a me thing and I got to be able to to look at that and say okay what's what's important what's not and yelling at people and going back and forth to people and it's not worth it it just isn't it's it for for your own mental health it, it just isn't so it's like Certain people come in, they're looking for some shit. If they're, you know they're just looking for some shit, you just remove them from the channel and you say, okay, you know, they'll find somebody else. And it's like, you, there's no reason to insult them, get mad at them, tell them to stop being assholes, things like that. It's just not, it's exhausting. It's not worth it. Because sometimes they're looking for some shit. And sometimes they're having a bad day also. And you got to be compassionate about it. So that's what I lend as far as that goes. And that's why I think the conversation has been so important on this channel. So I've been, I, you will get a response from me. Uh, again, if it's if it's just a, if it's conversation, I don't and I and I haven't seen a lot of super negative crap, and even people who come in sometimes and you still get the, the people who don't know that I'm doing stuff. Like, is that the Galaxy's Edge guy? Is that the is that the guy who had a who had a had a meltdown on the thing? And I acknowledge it now, and as I've told you guys a million times over that I that I would with the with the passing of my brother and, and the things that kind of went down during that time that I was in a really um, I was in a place. And, and again, there's no, by no means is an excuse. It's just a matter of being able to acknowledge where you are and how you have to take a breath sometimes. Um, but I don't deal with that with, with when people come in I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. And I've made, I've made that a, a thing to myself 
that when certain people come in and they do say certain things like that, I'll explain it. And I'll say exactly what, I, what I've said before over where I was at that time in my life. And if that person says, okay, then that thank you for, for letting me know that. Moving on, I'm, I'm here to watch the show and do this. Then great. And that person comes on in. If the person's just there looking for a fight, then we, you, know, you put them to the next show. But this is also where the big thing goes. I don't know where this show goes a lot of the times. I don't know what I'm going to say. And that's kind of why I love doing it. People, that's another thing people have been acknowledging, saying, you seem like you're having the most fun you've ever had, ever, ever. This, to be able to do this, to be able to have a conversation, an outlet to where I can dictate what I want to talk about, how I want to talk about it with you guys, having these conversations, things I want to talk about. I'm very fascinated with the, with the box office of, of, of Spider-Man and how it hit a billion dollars. What does that mean for the business? Got to talk about that. The fact that I finally um, you know, got a chance to, well, not finally, but I got a chance to watch Cobra Kai. I absolutely want to talk to you guys about that. There are certain things that people are watching and talking about right now. I haven't watched. I have like the arcane and stuff. People keep asking me to watch it. I haven't had a chance to watch it. It's not that I don't want to watch it. Haven't had a chance. Not going to be able to, to watch that particular show. I'm going to watch Boba Fett, not only because everybody's talking about Boba Fett, because I'm a Star Wars fan, and I want to talk about Boba Fett. So um, so it's been really enjoyable to be able to just do that, and it's a bummer right now with everything going on in the world, with cases going up and all that shit, that hopefully it doesn't put a damper on some of the stuff that we were doing in studio you know, because we had some really good shows going. I mean, even poor Koi, it's, it's not, it's, it's okay for me to say because it's public, but Koi got sick and we had a whole thing on, on Matrix ready to go and we couldn't do it. Um, I was talking about that today too. Matrix bombed. Bad. Real bad. And I get it. Totally understand it. It's funny when I was, you know, I guess we can just start with that. When I was talking about Matrix, I did the Matrix spoiler and that's where that comment I talked about earlier came about was when I put that review up, I still... Now I'm going to watch it again. Watching it, I go, people are going to hate this movie. People are going to hate this movie. And, and I think that I, it's one of those things i got to go back and, and watch it. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm ever going to hate this movie because it's like, people, well, what about the way you, you turned on Last Jedi? And I said, very different. I'm not as, I love the first Matrix. Love it. Not as attached to it the way that I was Star Wars and watching and rewatching it. Like, it's, there's not going to be a lot of things inside of it because I didn't leave... The Matrix movie going, oh, well, that's fundamentally very different than things I've seen in the past and certain tones. And it's there. I get it. But it didn't it doesn't bother me the same way it does for Star Wars. I'm just more I'm more emotionally attached to Star Wars. Um, and when it came to Matrix, there's some stuff in there that like I, I don't know. I'm again, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but there's a particular line involving Warner Brothers. We'll just say that. Um, and I, I remember look, kind of wincing on. Mm, I don't know. There's a lot of those moments. It's kind of like, eh. I think Jeremy John said it where he said it's the metrics. Meh. I agree with that. I, I think it's fair. Um, I did start watching it again and said I, it, it's not one of those things where I'm watching it going, I don't want to watch this. But I understand. I understand how it did bad. When people come in, I, if you go back and you look at any of the spoiler comments or the non-spoiler comments and people saying how much they hated it, I respond with, I get it. I understand if it's, I'm not, there's, there's certain, like somebody said to me, they hate Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. I'd be like, really? What do you hate about that movie? Like, what do you hate about it? And, and not, not that they can't hate it. I would just be more confused saying, well, you hated that movie? How did you hate Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind? Like, Braveheart, um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, 
You know, movies like that. It's like, I hated that movie. How did you hate it? I really am curious on how you, why did you hate it? And then hearing certain things, I still don't know if I'd understand it. But man, I get it with this one. I get it. There's a lot of stuff in there. And I think Dan Merle was talking about it too. It seems like a big F you to the fan base. Well, that fan base, but I, he didn't say that. Um, the the the, um, the big F you more so to the studio that said, hey, Lana, I'm going to give you this money. And she kind of did like an inside joke and, and made it the way she wanted to make it. So uh, who knows? But we got other things to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. Um, and I want to start off. It's a this is a, a kind of a, a sad a sad note, very sad note. Not kind of. It's a very sad note. Jean Marc Vallée uh, has passed away. He was fifty eight years old. A lot of my sources, by the way, a lot of the stories I get are from DarkHorizons.com, and this is the article from Dark Horizons, who state that the Emmy winner and Oscar nominee died over the weekend in Quebec City. No cause of his death has been given. He's done uh, crazy. Cafe de Flore, uh, Dallas Buyers Club, obviously. But the ones that I really recently was watching was Big Little Lies, where he did the whole first season of that. Um, yeah, it's very, I mean, very sad. He's very young, very young, to pass away at uh, fifty-eight years old. That's that's young. I mean, Carrie Fisher passed away at sixty, right? That was just the anniversary. I think it was five years. So to lose somebody that young. His family, you know, heart goes out to him. We don't know yet, at least at the time that I'm recording this, how he passed away. I don't know if it was heart attack or what it might be. I, I, I don't know. Um, very sad. Very sad, especially this always this close to the holidays. It's just I always think about that. If, if people are pass away near the holidays, that it just becomes so much more painful to the families, you know, year every year that passes to for the the memory of it and you keep the you keep the good memories obviously coupled with the bad but it's that's that's a it's it's terrible to lose somebody that young at 58 years old especially someone who was um not especially but the fact also the fact that he was such a had a very it was a very talented director um so it's that's horrible absolutely horrible and i'm sorry i'm sorry for um Sorry for the family's loss. I'm sorry that that happened. So uh, for people who are out there who are paying attention to the story and you know a little bit more, if you want to share it in the comments, then please please do so. But once again, um, hearts and, and prayers go out to the man's family. All right, we're going to move on, though, moving on from uh, some sad news to some big news, for, obviously, for Sony and for uh, and, and for Disney. And more I mean Marvel, I guess. But the, the news is, and it, it, Spider-Man hits a billion dollars. And we were talking about this. What was we talking about? I think it was when Matt Nost was on. It's a good episode, by the way, if you missed it. A lot of people, man, haven't been checking. I know a lot of people, maybe if you're brand new to the channel and you've been subscribed recently and you haven't had a chance to watch this show, a lot of times I do have, it's not just me. I just, just, just this, this week's going to be just me. But normally I have a guest on and we talk for a bit. You should check it out. It's a really good show. I have had a lot of fun doing it. But the Spider-Man stuff, billion dollars. We talked about it with Nost that we weren't sure what it was going to make. And I was way off because I was just so fixed on the, uh, the, the whatever it was. I think there was no movie during the pandemic that even hit $100 million. And this thing shattered that. It became like one of the biggest openings of all time. And you can understand like why. But it's also, it also hit in a spot. It was right before the variant hit. Or really, not not right before, but it wasn't didn't burst out like it did now. And I do think, I think it had a lot of reasons for Matrix bombing uh, as it did. But I don't think that it that it helped. 
Um, I mean, I, I, for, for me, I had a screening that I was supposed to see in an IMAX and I didn't, Koi had just told me he got sick. There were other people that I, that I knew, Roxy had just gotten sick and everybody was getting sick. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go to this thing right now. And I really wanted to see it. So Warner Brothers was gracious enough. They sent me a screening link to watch it. Um, and I watched, I watched a screening link of it at home and on my, on my, my TV with some surround sound, because that's obviously how you want to watch the matrix with some good sound. But I, I, my, I didn't want to go. So I wonder if that, if that hurt overall, but flip side of that is you look at sing two and sing two had a massive opening. So I don't know, maybe not, but shit, man, Spider-Man billion dollars. Listen to this. Sony and, and Marvel Spider-Man No Way Home has garnered a worldwide total of 813 9 million through Wednesday. This is old. This is older. This is older. This is an older article. Where is the billion? There it is. Spidey. This, this is it. I apologize. That was, that was before it hit. Okay. Superhero sequel was a top-grossing domestic movie on Christmas Eve with 19.7 million for the Friday while across the three-day Xmas holiday. Um, it's expected to rack up a further 81.5 total of 467 at the box office. The film is also past the billion-dollar mark. It's the first film to do so since Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker back in 2019. So the other hits of the holiday were Sing 2, as I mentioned, from Universal, which is on track to pull in 23.8 over Friday and Sunday and 41 million over Wednesday, Sunday. Audience reaction scores are impeccable, which suggests a long life in cinemas. I saw it with the kids. A lot of fun. Um, continuing on, I think it was, it's, a, it's a really it's a heartwarming little story and I think very good for the, the kids at the moment because there's not a lot for the kids to watch. That's a good one. Matrix box office uh, or excuse me dark horizons a lot nicer than i'm going to be here right now they say not faring well it ate shit is a better way to say it the matrix resurrection resurrections ate a big bag of shit which is on track for 11.3 million over friday and sunday and 21.8 over wednesday and sunday the latter nearly half of the 40 million figure the studio was estimating p usa in fact this uh, last of the theatrical day and date Warner Brothers event titles to sim uh, simultaneously hit HBO Max performed worse on the three-day than the first of those duel. Wonder Woman 84, that film took 16.7 over the three. Yeah, this is, as much as I love the day and day, they're getting rid of it. And uh, I hate to say it, but they should. I hate it. I hate to say it, but they should. Um, faring even worse was Matthew Vaughn's World War One prequel, The Kingsman. I mean, this is not a surprise to me at all, which is tracking for 63 point, sorry, 6.35 million for the three-day and 10 million for the five-day. That, that, I have no idea why that movie was made. I, 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 I'll tell you in a reason why, why I say that. Uh, American Underdog opened on Saturday and pulled in 6.2. How much did that movie cost to make? Come on. For its two days of release, a very healthy figure for its low budget. That's what I'm saying. The A-plus cinema score ensures this will play in the red state for some time to come. Yeah, I, come on. You knew that was going to do well for the budget that it was at. Makes sense. Inspirational story. Okay, a lot to pull in here. All right, Spider-Man, billion dollars. What does that mean? It means that people were looking for... Um, uh, okay. I got to spoil some stuff here. So if you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home at this point, you should probably tune in. I have the time codes. So if you want to you want to go to the time codes and, and jump to the next story, then you can do that. So I've given, you, I've given you a warning if you haven't seen Spider-Man at this point. Ready? Skip or don't? Great. The word got out, man. 
that that Toby and Andrew were in this thing, and it got more people excited about it. That's that had a lot to do with it. The fact that it got really good word of mouth. The fact that people were very excited about the way that they played it. The fact that it wasn't on a streaming service. I hate to say it. Um, all of that stuff, and people wanted to get back in the theater for a big thing. And it was right before Variant blew up and started, you know, causing some more shit. So it was all perfect timing. For Sony, I did not think if you would ask me, and I probably said it on that episode with Nost. I was, I mean, I was wrong to say. This. I thought it was going to make 115 million dollars opening week, and I didn't think people were were that ready to get back in. Wrong. When you look at all the, um, there are people that would just you hear the words about it was like uh, going to a, a sporting event. The way people were applauding and screaming and yelling in the theater, and and people were missing that. And the more that got out, that people were doing that and getting excited, and at any time, it's that. Hey, did you see moments? And there haven't been a lot of those movies lately. Hey, did you see Spider-Man? Hey, did you get a chance to see Spider-Man yet? Hey, I just saw Spider-Man. It was great. Really? Yeah. All right. You know what? I'm coming back to the movies. I'll go check out this one. That shit helps, especially when there's not a, and there's not a massive amount of competition right out, uh, right there, right? Matrix was the only one that was coming out that was as big of scale. And, and I thought Matrix was going to do better because of the hype be, off the last trailer or two, and I certainly was starting to get excited. I'll be honest, I was more excited about Matrix than I was Spider-Man. Spider-Man is the far superior film. Um, and I think that then, and the difference is, again, word of mouth. And on a streaming platform. And that's why I'm really bummed about the fact that I can admit that day and day ain't going to help studio at all. It's just not. 30, 45 day window I like very much. But man... It just it it was it was an experiment because of uh, born out of necessity, and I understand that. But Sing Two doing very well, Matrix eating a, a bag of dicks, um, and that's a bummer. Because I, like I said, I didn't hate the movie. I, I I thought it was fine. It was fine. Um, and then they asked Lana Wachowski about whether or not she would do another Matrix, and she just said, "Nope, no, it will not." I still think, and and this is a lot of questions and people i think i I asked at the end of this episode for people on my facebook page to ask questions that i would answer at the end of the show and um my answer for a lot of things is tv man and i think hbo max doing this thing for uh for penguin is a smart move and i think that the matrix show would have been good because of enter the matrix the video game that played really well nobody talks about that game that much and the story that was on there with niobe and the way that that played could have been a great tv show I think they're going to stay away from it now, especially the fact that in, in once these numbers are, are in, the studio is going to go, nobody gives a shit about the Matrix anymore, which I don't think necessarily would have been the fact. You know, you can you can chalk this up, though. You can put it in the same the same category as Terminator and Die Hard. Um, it's not, to me, it's not that people are bored with the with the premise in the series anymore. We're bored with the premise and the way that people have been approaching them. The Die Hard movies have been have not been approached well. The last Terminator movie was, and I was so bummed about that. I thought that movie was going to be good. I, I did not like that movie. Did not like that movie at all. Um, so, sorry, had to come out deal with it. Um, so yeah, man, that's the box office at the moment. Okay, listen, let me tell you this. Manscaped, it is the best. You guys know that I love Manscaped. I've been talking about Manscaped forever. I gave it as a bunch of gifts to people, too. You cheap ass, you get it for free. No, I don't. I get a discount. 
but still, holiday season's still here. And if you still, if you haven't, if you if you backed up, you felt bad, you didn't get somebody a gift. Well, here you go. If you if you're like, oh, you know, I never got anybody this, and I really wanted to get them something. You can always say, oh, you know what? It came a little late, but I I, I always had this plan for you. Our sponsor, Manscaped, it has the tools to guarantee that you're going to win uh, the best gift award, no doubt. It is the leader in the men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. For me, my math, if I put it all together, I think that's about 8 million balls. 8 million ball bags working with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Comb? Nope. At manscaped.com. The way that you get it is you put in the code big thing. And if you do, I don't know where that, who was that? It was like a mixture between the Mad Hatter. Shave your balls, fellas. You really need to. Ho, ho, ho. If you're naughty or nice, shave your fucking balls. Why? Because Manscaped doesn't fuck around. It's the best selling product and it has a performance package, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Thank you, Matt Hatter. Inside, you're going to find the lawnmower, a body trimmer. It's the best trimmer on the market, uh, and it, that works for your balls, your butt, and your body, and it's got the weed whacker, which is the ear and the nose hair trimmer. I love that thing. Dads don't stop talking about this. You know that I can't stop talking about it. The teens secretly get it, and the women are going to love you for it. These are the picks for Manscaped's surefire win for best gifts. The number one is Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. This stuff smells delicious. Just launched, uh, and it's great. You kill two birds with one stone. It's got the Manscaped Cologne-infused body wash, the Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit, Crop Mop Ball Wipes for your stanky balls, Manscaped Signature Cologne, all of it, man. These formulations, are, they're all vegan. It's cruelty-free. It's dye-free. It's sulfate-free, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's so much. They, they, the products are legit. Make sure you hurry to their site to ensure that these wild gifts show up before the new year's over. And while you're at it, get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. you got to use that code, though, big thing, whether it's for your partner, your brother, your friend. Get them something that they're going to actually use, and it's almost sure to get a laugh. Get 20% off. Come on. Free shipping at manscaped.com. But you got to use that code, big thing. Get the ballsiest gift ever this year with Manscaped. See what I did there with that? And I'm good at this. I don't know if I am, but anyway. Um, okay, moving on. Some other stories, everybody. Some other stories at Spidey. Spidey did good. But man, this Batman movie. Are you kidding me with this movie? Holy shit balls! This trailer when it dropped yesterday. I lost my mind. You see my, my trailer reaction? I lost my mind. This movie looks incredible. I love Matt Reeves. I love Matt Reeves. And this is, again, when I watched the first Planet of the Apes, James Franco and, uh, and John Lithgow, Andy Serkis, not the very first one, obviously, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, um, fell in love with that movie. And that was, I was Rupert Wyatt, I believe. And when he left, I was like, oh, man, they're bringing in the let, it, the, the let Me In, or whatever the movie was, they're bringing that guy in for the dawn. Dawn is like the Empire Strikes Back of the, of the Apes franchise it is so good it's amazing and then he and he finished off with war and uh, i had an opportunity to to interview i think it was matt reeves and andy circus during the dawn of the planet of the apes like blu-ray release or whatever it was 
And this guy, he's just such a passionate filmmaker and really understands. Um, and he's making moves, man, with this, with, this, uh, with this movie. And you can tell this movie, this movie looks like seven. Someone was trying to tell me, and this is what I, earlier I was talking about. I said, ah, I don't think this, I think every trailer that comes out looks less like seven. I go, what trailer are you looking at, brother? Fair. That's what you think. But man. Well, I got to give a shout out real quick. Just remember this. I don't know if, if he's watching now. He might just watch the shorter videos. But I, I don't want to call the guy out and give it as far as the name goes, but I guess it's going to give it away anyway with this. is that I, So I was a ma- you guys, you guys know, a massive wrestling fan growing up. Um, I haven't been on as much recently, and I know everybody tells me i got to check out AEW and how great it's been. Um, so one of my favorite wrestlers of all time growing up as far as heels go was the Honky Tonk Man. I remember when, when my, my dad, my brothers, we used to watch wrestling kind of growing up, and... When Ricky Steamboat lost to Honky Tonk Man, everyone was so mad about it. And then he kept it, and he kept, and, and everyone was like, oh, he's going to lose it right away. He's not going to keep the title. He became the longest-running intercontinental champion of all time. And I remember telling my brother how much I loved the Honky Tonk Man because he was just such a good villain. He always made you want to root. He, he always put the other guys over so well because you hated them so much, but he kept winning. And then when the Ultimate Warrior beat him for the title, it was like there was so much that the, ulti- that, that the Honky Tonk Man did. So Honky Tonk Man's kid watches the show. And I said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You, you, uh, unbelievable. This is, a, this, is a, this is a big moment for me. I love the Honky Tonk Man. So if you are watching, my friend, um, thank you very much for your kind words on the comments you've been dropping. But also, give my, give my love to your dad. What a, what, a, what a pro that guy was. Unbelievable. Great, great champion. Great champion. Anyway, all right. Speaking of great, fucking Batman movie. Unbelievable with this thing. Looks like seven. Like, creepy. And yeah, there's some things in the trailer. People are like, oh, it's giving away too much. It might or may not. I don't disagree. Might be some stuff going on in this trailer. Like, again, if you haven't seen the trailer and you don't want to know anything about it, you should probably skip on to the next story. Good? Great. Riddler seems to know Bruce Wayne's name. Shit seems to be going down with the the backstory of Bruce Bruce Wayne's family, but I don't know. Don't don't just assume you know. But what I'm going to read about this, this is a Matt Reeves quote. It's a Matt Reeves quote. This is what he said. They were talking about um, Nolan's movie, and everybody lo- everybody puts you know the Dark Knight trilogy as the you have to beat that tone. Because that's those are the best Batman movies to a lot of people. To a lot of people, uh, I know that Keaton's Batman has a lot of love for a lot of people, and and the and Batman v Superman certainly has its has its hardcore fans. But uh, most people, I think, think Nolan is the is the gold standard. This is what Matt Reeves says. No, this is what Dylan Clark says. Who's the who's the a producer? As the first standalone Batman in ten years, the hope is that we can. Lay a foundation that you can build stories upon. I've said this to Chris Nolan directly. Look, we're trying to be the best Batman ever made, and we're going to try to beat you. Matt is interested in pushing this character to his emotional depths and shaking him to his core. So this is where Matt Reeves says, I've only made each movie as a passion project. 
the, this even more so because when you know something has been done well before and is so beloved, you can't just come in and sleepwalk through it. Love that. You have to shoot for something. We're trying to leave our mark on this. Fuck yeah. The film star Robert Pattinson has said he's already planning out where things could go with his Bruce Wayne character, telling the outlet, I've made a kind of a map for where Bruce's psychology would grow over two more movies. I would love to do it. Loving everything that these people are talking about right now. Part of that will be explaining Bruce's relationship with his family's butler, Alfred Pennyworth. Gone is that sage father figure. The new film starts with the pair very much on the outs. This is what Reeves says. Bruce is on this nihilistic journey and they've pulled apart. It's got the point it's it's gotten to the point where they're almost no longer talking. If they bump into each other in the corridor, it's a very icy and painful greeting. They're almost living special words now. I like this. I like what we're doing here. In the issue, it's revealed Bruce Wayne built the new Batmobile himself, which is why there's a tangibility to it as compared to the leftover military tech of Nolan's trilogy or the stylized and over-manufactured look of the Burton, Schumacher, and Snyder eras. Reeves says this, It has to make an appearance out of the shadows to intimidate, so I thought of it almost like a Stephen King's possessed Christine. I like the idea of the car itself as a horror figure, making an animalistic appearance to really scare the hell out of people's Batman is pursuing. There is absolutely a horror genre aspect to this movie. No shit. You can tell. You can tell. Keeps going. Magazine also talked with the film's villains. Zoe Kravitz confirming the film serves as an origin story for her Catwoman. Paul Dano says that his Riddler character was inspired by the Zodiac Killer. Well, there you go. While Colin Farrell says his take on the Penguin is very much inspired by John Cazale's work as Fredo in the Godfather trilogy. Matt Reeves mentioned Fredo to me because Fredo's crippled by the insignificance that he lives in within a family that is full of very strong, very bright, very capable, very violent men, which is why he commits the act of betrayal that he does because he's weak, he's kind of broken, and he's in pain. There's a kind of fracture at the core of Oz which fuels his desire and his ambition to rise with this criminal uh, cabal. Where that rise goes, I would love to get to explore in the second film if that was ever to happen. Don't worry, it's going to happen. Holy shit, this movie sounds fantastic. This movie sounds fantastic. I don't know. Here's the thing. Someone was talking about how the hype with Spider-Man, it should be as big for Batman. I don't disagree with you. I don't know if it's going to happen, though, because of a lot of, because of a couple different things. I don't think this movie's going to be for families. Spider-Man, you can take families to. Spider-Man's a little light. You got Ned and Zendaya running around cracking jokes and things of that nature. That ain't this. And I am here for it. This movie is just about as dark as it gets. Batman is pissed off, full of hate. And it's the beginning of it. And even you look at this stuff that with him and Alfred, they're on the outs. All of this backstory and the detail in it. Oh, man, this sounds like it could be special. Holy shit, this movie sounds like it could be special. This could be, and I love the Nolan movies, man. Uh, Dark Knight's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, superhero movie of all time. It, it, it's got potential. That's all I'm saying. Hard to just deem somebody the king without giving them a proper, you know, run with a full-length movie yet when you haven't seen it. But trailers are doing it right. This is the best trailer so far, hands down, no doubt. Holy shit. I, I'm, I am so excited for this movie in March. We don't have to wait till March. Yeah, and going through those comments yesterday, I remember Claire live and we talked about Robert Pattinson being one we wanted to be cast and people were like you crazy I'm telling you this kid's this kid's got the goods he's got the goods I'm excited for it I hope you guys are too it's gonna be a good one 
And let's move on to the next story. We've got some more. And this is just a little bit more. This is this is Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai season four. It's uh, it's right around the corner. Reviews are out. I saw it. I'm not going to spoil anything. I have my full review up that if you want to check out the actual review, you can just go and check it out and watch it. It's a non-spoiler review. I did not want to give a spoiler review yet because you guys haven't seen it. That's not fair. Same thing, you know, when 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 I go see early movies, I wait till they come out. Like for um, for both Spider-Man and, and Matrix, I did it the day of. Boba Fett will be different. Boba Fett's coming out tonight at midnight, so I'll put my my spoiler-heavy review up in the morning because you guys have a chance to watch it. You don't have a chance to watch this yet, so I won't talk about it yet uh, as far as spoilers go. But what I will tell you is it, it, it delivered for me, man. I saw most people, I think out of like 12 or 13 reviews that are up there, the only one that I saw, my buddy of mine, Jermaine Lucier, who is, we're not normally on the same page, I think, when it comes to taste and stuff anyway, but um, he didn't seem to have liked it as much. as he, he's, he's a big Cobra Kai fan. I just think that from his tweet, from what I read, is that he didn't like it as much as I did. I thought it was the one of the more developed um, seasons thus far in Cobra Kai because people keep asking me in the comments and I'm not giving anything away to them when they ask. They say, how is this person, How are they used? Are they used? Everybody is used from Dimitri to Robbie to Samantha to Daniel's son to everybody. They're, they all have arcs. They all have things to do. It was such a balanced season. If you mention certain characters and say, well, what about this person? Yeah, they have something to do. Everybody has something to do, whether it's Daniel's wife, whether it is everybody has something to do and it all plays together and it ends very well leading into season five, which I think they wrapped already. Remember they were, they were thrown back from, from the, they, those guys got thrown for a loop like everybody else did, but they got thrown for a loop because they went from being on YouTube to getting this great deal, getting picked up by Netflix and then being told they could shoot the season, but then have to go back and forth with what they could shoot because of the pandemic and all this shit. So the fact that I think that they shot five already, I think, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they wrapped it. So we should be getting that and that's all going to be locked up. So I don't know. I don't know if they announced how long that show is going to run for, but right now they're four for four. And I think some people don't love the second season. I like the second season a lot. I like the second season. If I was, I mean, my, my rankings can change because I'm, as my rankings for Rocky one through three always change um, all the time. And I just rewatch those with my daughter the other day. Um, right now, if I was going to rank them, I would say season one is the best. Four and three are just because of, you know, recency bias. I'll put four at, at the, at the two spot. I'll put three and then two. Just three has such a great ending. I don't know. Um, I mentioned in my season three discussions, whether it was with the creators or with when I was talking to uh, Jolo Maniduena, that there's a lot of Star Wars in this. And I even got confirmation in that, that the that the writers are talking about Star Wars when they're, when they're, when they're writing. They're talking about Star Wars. So there's a big Star Wars influence. That's a hundred percent a confirmation that they there is there is star there is there is they they talk about Star Wars and you can even tell but they they infuse Star Wars in here they definitely infuse wrestling such a great way it's such a different like the the way that the tone has has I've accepted what it really is it's a certain the way that if you look mentioning wrestling early earlier right in the in the eighties 
for a lot of this, you people who are watching, it's over your head. It's if you've ever watched, if you if you're wrestling fans, to you guys, most of you, it's always been sports entertainment and acknowledged that it's a show, right? Well, not in the '80s. In the '80s, they were still keeping up the facade that it was a sport, and that you didn't really know if the results were fixed or not. You didn't really know. I mean, people they they stood by the fact that it wasn't that it wasn't a show. And then Vince McMahon just said, no, this is sports entertainment. This is a type of, this is, this is it. And I think Cobra Kai does the same thing. They infuse sports entertainment in this show. They infuse Star Wars. They infuse 80s movies. They infuse all these things that at first, because the, the, the tone of the first movie, it's based in realism. And, and I said this in my non-spoiler review that I think there's a lot of stuff that happens in the show that's not realistic. It's very realistic, as people were saying. I go, someone's like, I get into, there were, where I lived, there were fights in high school all the time. Me too. I went to school in Queens in an all-boys high school. It First of all, it smelled like the whole school farted at the same time. And because of that, people were pissed off and there'd be fights all the time. I'm not talking about fights breaking out, but I didn't see any flipping off of lockers and doing like, you know, crane kicks and jumping all the way actually everybody was doing crane kicks because the movie was popular but but jumping back and forth off lockers and doing 45 minute you know flips and and people learning becoming masters of karate after three months of training the, the, yeah it's a little unrealistic and do i give a shit no i don't care anymore at, at, at first because i was trying to compare it to the first movie i was like oh well, this is this is now it's consistent it's consistent there's one training scene that i didn't love but that was it it's really fun. Loved it. I loved this series. I can't wait for season five. And because of the trailer, so people know, Terry Silver from the third movie, The Villain Returns, and he is just Thomas Heath Griffith. Woo! Kills it. Kills it. All right, before we move on, I want you guys, um, oh, that's my show. I want you guys also to check out DraftKings. Should be taking bets on Karate Kid. I'll tell you that, but they're not. The, the holidays... We are here. Christmas just passed. It's Christmas week. And and DraftKings Sportsbook, which is the official sports betting partner of the NBA, it has a great gift that's going to put you guys in the holiday spirit. So they're offering new customers just $5 on any NBA team, and you can win 150 in free bets if they are victorious. It's a great way to put some extra jingle into your pocket. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get in the Christmas spirit with the holiday free bet surprise. Everybody will get a free bet up to $50 instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. DraftKings, it's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here's how you do it. you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use that promo code BIGTHING. Bet just $5 on any NBA team and you can win $150 in free bets if they are victorious. That is promo code Big Thing this Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800 270 7117 21 and older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Okay. So we've got a couple more stories to go over. Yeah, I don't even know about a couple, but we're going to get to your questions in just a minute. This is the other thing. John Wick, man. John Wick has been pushed back. We're going to do a whole rewatch on, on John Wick. John Wick. But um, got pushed back. And here's the, uh, here's the announcement. 
Lionsgate had made the announcement saying that the fourth entry in the John Wick film has been pushed back 10 months. It was slated for May 27th of 2022, which is a date that would have been tight for it to meet. The film has a comfortable amount of breathing room for completion as it will open in cinemas on March 21st, 21st, 24th, 2023. The movie gets the new film out of the way of Top Gun, which is slated to open that May 22. As part of the news, a video announcement of the date has been released that can be viewed online. Chad Celeste Helms, the new film, which stars Keanu Reeves, Donnie Yen, Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Reddick, Bill Skarsgård, Rena uh, Sawayama, Shamir Anderson, and Ian McShane. Michael Finch and Shea Hatton wrote the screenplay. Okay, the previous entry pulled in a franchise high of $327 million worldwide. Um, I think that this is smart. Bummer, but smart for a lot of reasons. One, as they mentioned in the article from Dark Horizons, um, it gives you some time to breathe, gets you out of that that spot of, of, uh, of Top Gun Move it, gives you time to edit. Two, does it matter? Did I say A and two? Like like Buzz from Home Alone. Um, the other thing is, do, because of Matrix, does this hurt Keanu's star? No, not really. I don't think it does, but still putting it out, Within you know five six months, people still talking about Matrix. Nobody will be talking about Matrix by the time this thing finally comes out, and people will be excited to see John Wick again. So it gives enough, way more, a, a lot of breathing room. So, I, I it's fine that it's coming out at this point. I think that it 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 sucks that we have to to wait. But by, by the time it does, it's not too far off that you don't care anymore. But speaking of Top Gun, by the way, someone mentioned this, and I agree. Top Gun had an opportunity. If Top Gun was supposed to come out, I remember when the trailer, we, we were in Comic-Con doing the Mike Kalinowski versus Rachel Cushing match in like 2019. It's like July when that tra- when one of that, tra- that trailer dropped. They've been pushing that movie now for two, three years, whatever it is. That's a good sign. That is a good sign. Because that means they want people to see this movie in the theaters. They could have put it on Paramount+. Plus or whatever, I assume it's Paramount, but they could have put it on Paramount+. Plus. They could have done a streaming thing with it, but they didn't. They want to wait, and they want people to see it in the theater. I dig it. I think it makes sense. Okay. Um, I got questions. I got questions from you guys. ton of them. You guys, if you submitted the questions on, on and I don't get it to them, I apologize. There were only so much I can get to by the end of the show. Um, if you want to submit questions, I'm going to be doing this, by the way, for um, for the next couple of shows for Thursday and Friday. So head on over to my Facebook page. If you don't know how to find me over there, the link is in the description of this video. So please go and check that out. But let's get to some questions. Um, all right, first one, Matt Case. If you rank the comic book movies you saw this year, what order would they be? Okay, well, listen to me on this one. I'm not going to answer that totally right now because I think I'm going to do a video of it. I think the only one I haven't seen so far is Venom. And I think I'm going to watch Venom tonight. um, And then I'm going to rank them. And I'll do that before the year is over. So I don't want to give my rankings here yet because I want to give my, uh, I want to do it like a little video on it. I'll probably do like a seven to 10 minute video with all that. And that also brings me to the fact people like, are you going to do a top 10 best movies of the year? I don't know if I've seen enough 
or all the ones that I really want to see yet in order to do that. Like I'm still like halfway through Power of the Dog and I want to see, I want to check that out. I, start, I started watching the uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio one, the up, uh, Look Up, Don't Look Up. Started watching that last night. So there's, there's tons of shit I got to watch before I can do all that. So probably not. But the comic book movies, I've seen all of them except Venom. So I'll probably do that. So I can't answer that just yet. Um, but I wanted to acknowledge it. All right, where's the next one? Anthony Fatoski. I hope I got that right. What's a movie that you watched when you were younger, but you didn't fully appreciate it enough? Have you gone back to rewatch it more than once? The answer to that is Blade Runner. Um, when I saw Blade Runner as a kid, the original Blade, the Ridley Scott Blade Runner, when I saw Blade Runner as a kid, I saw it as, a, as someone who just wanted to see Han Solo and Indiana Jones in another kick-ass movie, and it was way over my head at the time I saw it. So I always took this with me as like a, eh, I don't know about that movie. It's too... It's boring. It's this. And I watched it recently. Again, it's fantastic. It's a great movie. It's a really, really great movie. And I, and I, I fully appreciate it as I got older watching it and really being able to lock into it and pay attention to it. So I think that's the one. That's the one that I thought of immediately when I saw your question was Blade Runner for sure. All right. Next one. John D. Gregorio. Aside from the schmodown, what were some of the challenging things that you had to face as someone who makes their own content in 2021? Oh, man, great question. Um, well, it was making the jump to try to actually maneuver and make this channel. And you get criticisms and people all the time who, who say certain things, like when we moved SEN Live. Like, so for those people who don't know, not familiar, or don't mind hearing it again, the when I was at... Collider. I was there for Collider, um, and as someone someone wrote the other day, they saw. I guess they didn't know what I was doing stuff, and they, they saw my on the reaction. They said, "Is this the Collider guy?" I go, "No, the guy who started Schmoes No with Mark Ellis, and then from there got a job at AMC, and then there got a job at Fandango, and then got a job at Collider, um, and it was one of the, the job that I had, you know, and." grateful for the job but it's like and people say it and I'm, I'm pretty open about it I didn't really enjoy my time there to be honest um enjoyed the people I worked with like love the people I worked with just didn't enjoy that that period um I talk about all the time Sith Council to me is a far superior show than Jedi Council ever was big thing is to me a far superior show than any show I've ever done um but when I moved over and, I, and it was you got to remember that when I left Collider, I was going out on my own, and I had to figure out. I have I have two children. I have a wife, and I said, "Okay, what can I do in order to try to make this work?" So, ready the schmodown. The schmodown was has had, and this is before the pandemic, obviously. So, I had made these choices to do to go out on my own, going to do live events, really embrace schmodown and the audience and. And, and we were really cooking on Schmodown at that point. Remember that, that ESPN was going to do a whole thing on us and we were, we were moving. So that was my focus with Schmodown. And then I said, well, what I could do is that I could do a similar show to what I've been doing because I had pitched Collider Live as kind of, I pitched Collider Live as this, what I'm doing now. Like just me doing my thing with maybe people coming in, a couple of guests, but then it was Mark Fernandez and I are, are very are still very very good friends, and he wanted something very similar to to Schmoes. 
and I was like, well, we could do something like that if we do it daily, but daily is going to be tough for me. And he wanted, he, he wanted me to do it daily. He wanted me to do it daily, um, which is totally fair for him to ask. I just didn't want to do it daily all the time. I wanted a couple of days off and it's just not something he wanted, he wanted to do. And that was his prerogative and his right to do. Um, but when I left, I said, oh, what if I do something similar to that? And it was SEN Live. But I said, the difference is that Mark was, was paying everybody salaries. And I said, I certainly can't, well, not salaries. The, the, the people, I, I was getting a salary at the time because I was an employee, but, there were, but I didn't have a salary. I couldn't, and I had to make sure that these new people that I had coming in had, were being able to get paid. And I had met with Campy a, a bunch of times. And he was doing the super chat thing, and and so he he and I, he he gave me a lot of great advice, and I started my own thing. But I was like the the super chats were still not doing enough to where I was like, I can't, I'm not gonna be able to keep all these people coming in and making money if I'm gonna do this daily. I don't know what to do. And David Michael Frank was on the show. He said, Look, Streamlabs is pretty prominent, and they have this option on a, on this robot thing. So we added the robot. To some of you, go to a fucking Schmobot. The Schmobot kept people eating for a long time because what I wanted to do was give the audience an opportunity to really be involved in the show. We couldn't do phone calls, so it's to do it that way. And eventually, though, it did take away from shows like this. You can't do shows like this because if I'm in the middle of doing something right now, it's like a Stinky Balls 37 says, blah, blah. It's, it's, it is annoying to you. It's annoying to me, but didn't mean that it wasn't. It was, there wasn't a way to do that, but by putting it on Twitch and doing all that. So anyway, the whole point of this backstory was that the other thing is that Schmodown, SEN Live, if there was a review, an interview, anything, it was all on one channel. And it was the channel that Ellis and I grew together. And as a subscriber, let me tell you, I understand that's exhausting. It's fucking exhausting because you like. Let's say you subscribe there for Schmodown, and then you get SEN Live every day. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't watch this show, or vice versa. You watch SEN Live, but you don't watch the Schmodown. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. All this stuff is just hitting. And I also have to add the fact that during this time that I had my partnership now with 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 Skybound. So when I when I was talking to Skybound, I said I have an idea, and my idea is that, and this was this year, I was like, we separate all the content and make it more digestible for the fan base and take the pop culture side of it and move it to a new channel, move it to that clips channel. And they were hesitant, you know, they're like, well, well you have all these subscribers over there and, and well, why would you want to do that? And I said, because they ain't watching everything over there and it's not, it's, it's not focused. It needs to be focused. They trusted me. And I go, all right, well, if you think you can make it work. And I said, I think I, my goal was, I said, I think I can get this new channel to 20,000 by the end of the year. And we got it to 31 or 30 right now. Um, so that was a challenge. It was very challenging because, and you get the stupid assholes who are like, did you see what they were doing? They're moving, they're moving SCN live over to Twitch. Bad move. That whole channel is going to fail. They're not going to do anything. And you get people who are going to do that. Right. And again, I didn't acknowledge it. I just ignore it and say, okay, and then you just got to, if I had a dollar for every time someone told me that I wasn't going to be able to do something, you know, and there's the same people. And I guarantee you, here's, here's a promise to those people, people watching here, not, a, not, a, I'll show you, but here's the thing that I, I want to promise new people. A, two, 
promise for, for you guys. For, first of all, if you're a brand new subscriber to this channel and you never heard of the Schmodown, I haven't really talked about it much on this channel. We're doing a full reboot of the season next year. We're going to be filming in studio. We're going to be upping production. We're going to be making a lot of changes, less matches, less competitors, a lot of different things that are coming. But, and even for those people who used to watch or never really dug it, I'm, get, I'm asking you this season, once, once it's ready, because it's not ready yet, to give it a shot. Because that's where, that's where it's going to be. There's going to be two things we're really working on. That's this channel, and that's the Schmodown. The Schmodown is going to be, like I haven't really, like I said, haven't heard a lot from me on it right now because it's in these stages of wait until we get going. New studio, we have, you know, we got a, we're going to have a new set, we're going to have everything. So anyway, the, the answer to that question was there was a lot of challenges of how you get, and then moving everything to Twitch for SEN Live, you know, not being reliant on, on donations because that's the other thing is that during that time, you had to be very reliant on those things. And so grateful to everybody, too. But then that's why this show on podcasting and, and making that effort to build the audio. And I, I, that's why I beg you guys that if you listen to this show or you watch this show on YouTube, please subscribe to the podcast on um, – can I do it here? I don't even know if I have it here. Where is Nope, that's not it. I have all these different things. Yeah, yeah, I've, Anyway, I have um, the big thing and Sith Council. Please subscribe to it on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. It is very crucial because they don't do donations anymore on this or Streamlabs or anything. That's how we get sponsors. And and my podcast guy, I'm telling you, he he he, he checks in and he says, hey, audio's up this much. Audio, we, we need to push here. That I'm hoping for Boba Fett that the audio goes up on Sith Council, but it's just to let you guys know, it is very crucial. If you support this channel and you support this show, please subscribe to The Big Thing on Apple Podcasts. Um, okay, that was a long one. Sorry about that. Let's get to the next one. Okay, did we do this one already? Which one did we do? So we did, we did that one. Okay, I'm going down. Tan Eugene, with DC and Marvel continuing to get more movies and TV series, um, why video game movies are still struggling to find a successful record? I thought the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and the Detective Pikachu movie set a very clear direction on how to do video game movies right. You know, I still haven't seen the Sonic one, but I hear great things about it. The answer for me, and this is a, a we get it Harloff type of answer, but I also think that a lot of times with the really popular video games, I think The Last of Us is doing it right. They're doing a series. Right, I think Halo. I think Halo is doing a series. I think that's 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 video games are too long to condense into one movie, um, and I think that it's the same thing with Star Wars. Honestly, like for me, Star Wars, like uh, if they were going to do Knights of the Republic, I don't want a movie. I want a series. Um, I've been screaming from the heavens. To for them, why they Star Wars, why Lucasfilm ignores their novels that they have is absolutely ludicrous. They, if they if they made a Darth Bane trilogy um, out of it and into a TV, excuse me, not trilogy, there's trilogy of books. If they made that into a into like six series, it would be massive. Same thing with Darth Plagueis, the the novel by James Lucino. And I think video games is the same thing. Um, Uncharted, I would have liked the scene of series with all the stuff that they have. Like I la I looked at the last trailer i liked the first trailer the second trailer it's, it just doesn't it doesn't seem like uncharted to me i'll probably have fun with it 
Um, but it doesn't seem like Uncharted to me, and I love those games. And I'm not a big gamer by any stretch of the imagination, but I but I loved those games. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Tom Holland, it makes sense to cast him. Obviously, he's a massive movie star right now, especially after this movie. So their, their instincts were right to cast him. Will it transfer over? We'll see. Um, the mustache gag was, was funny, but I don't know. All right, next one. I keep going to the wrong one. Let me just do this. All right. Charles Edmund Nelson. Is the live-action He-Man still coming? I always liked your vision of Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars. Well, thank you, and that's the way it needs to be. It needs to be that. Um, I have not seen the second half of, of Kevin Smith's Masters. People keep asking me that. I have to check it out. I started watching it with my daughter. Liked it. I just got to finish it. Uh, and I did hear, as Naveed talked about on the show, that there is a there is a He-Man that was cast, and I hear rumors that they are filming it at the moment. How true that is, I don't know. I would love to see it. I'm very nervous about it and skeptical of it because it just has to be. like So they need someone like, and hear me out before I say this, someone like a Matt Reeves who is directing it, and I don't mean Matt Reeves' style, but that quote I read earlier about Matt Reeves, about how he approaches it and how he doesn't just kind of phone it in and how he gives the attention to it and is a big fan of it, that's what you need for He-Man. Otherwise, it's going to eat shit. There's, there's, if it's someone who's just like, yeah, I'll direct a He-Man movie, that could be fun. Oh, 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 oh I'll learn about it. It's this. It's, no, it's got to be someone who gets it. Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. Cheesy shit and Marvel jokes inside of it. No thanks. No thanks, but we'll see. I, I'm not. I'm not skeptical. I mean, I'm very skeptical about it. Okay, I think this is the last one. Randy Evanel with the live award show going digital. What is it looking like for a live draft and the start of the reboot season? Can you give us a tease of some things to come? All right. Well, the first part is there is no draft because this, there's we're not going down. We're not doing that road anymore. We're not doing the the sports side of it. It's going back to basics of the way that it used to be. So there is no live draft. The start of the reboots will mostly, because I mean, we're probably going to push the awards to the end of January um, to air. There will probably start to be some scenes and announcements in the beginning of February, and then the first few matches will probably air towards the end of February, um, which will lead into it. So there will be some new changes, some economic changes, some things that we're going to do overall, but that's it. All right, look, that was it. That was the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. I hope you enjoyed watching it, listening to it. Please, once again, please, if you're not already doing this, please subscribe to this channel and hit that notification button. That's the big thing. I've been looking at the stats there, everybody. They tell me, they tell me who is, which, which one of you, if you're coming back here, are you hitting those notifications? I don't put that much content on. I understand that when I, for the, when I, when we had everything on the main channel, not hitting those notifications because you get everything, but like one or two videos up a day. Come on. Hit that fucking thing, will you? All right. I hope you had a good time. I had a good time. And I'll see you guys tomorrow for Boba Fett on Sith Council. And then I'll be back here on Thursday and Friday for this. Let's get to 31 by December 31st. Let's try it. All right, everybody. Thank you. Peace. Peace.